As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be. Oh man, it's eight o'clock. And so that'll make it a. I don't need the spotlight. I shine just fine. Hi, I'm Karma, and yes, I am a bitch. Brav Bros. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Brav Bros, your favorite podcast from the bros for everybody, for whoever wants to listen. I am your co-host, Steel Russell, joined, as always, by the one, the only Shooter Magooter. Shoots, how are we tonight? Doing great. It's uh, it's a great week, great week for me, because the birds are back in training camp, football season is back. And I'm excited to have both Bravo and football just going simultaneously. I'm going to be glued to the TV. I'm going to have a whole setup, I think. I'll have one TV with Red Zone on and one TV with Bravo on. And that will be my Sundays for the foreseeable future. You just got to catch up on everything that's going on during the week while watching some sports. I mean, that's what life's all about. It's really an exciting time. We are back recording episode 12. Um, As usual, it was a crazy week. We got um, lots of great feedback. The biggest feedback we've gotten um, that's actually super helpful was about the audio. And we have since fixed these issues, um, but we really appreciate the feedback. I'm going to go back and fix up those other ones um, because despite what many of you may think, I am not an audio engineer and I'm learning as I go. So I do appreciate the feedback. So thank you to all our listeners um, for helping us out. And those of you that like to listen to us, especially when you're you know, getting ready for some sleepy time, because I know that we have good tones for that. We've got multiple comments about bedtime voices. Yeah, and that's, that's not going to change. We're gonna, that'll stay. That's just our tones. So don't worry about any of that. We'll still be here for you at night. Yeah. Men of the night. <laughs> I actually thought of you on Saturday night. Wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> getting this one off to a roaring yeah. start. Let's hear it. Uh, I was cooking a private dinner, and for dessert, I did a roasted acorn squash with butter and cinnamon. And do you know what kind of squash an acorn squash is? A fall squash? It's a winter squash. Oh. So now you have an answer to that question from the shopping trip with Whitney and Patricia, a winter squash, one of them being an acorn squash. Another one. If I'm ever on Jeopardy, I'll remember that one. But now that I gave you a... uh, like a happy story, I have a bone to pick with you, and that is, if you leave my front door open again when you come over to record this thing, I'm going to fucking slap you, because I have 15 bugs in my house now, all surrounding my TV, and I'm going to have to go around and kill all of them, and it's a fucking nightmare, so shut the goddamn door. Well, I'll tell you this. I am told that I need to sneak in, make as little noise as possible for various reasons between your dog your daughter's here now. Yep. Devin's upstairs. Your wife. I feel like we're kind of having an affair at some times. Like, I sneak out the back door when we're done. He does, a, he does legitimately sneak out the back door when we're no done. No lights turn on. There's no floodlights or anything. I'm just sneaking through the dark, men of the night. Yeah, it feels a little bit like a, a little, little nefarious. nefarious. Yeah. Nefarious. Nefarious. Oh, wow. If we had, like, a Lifetime movie, it would be called Nefarious. But affair would be highlighted in the middle. Nefar- the nefarious. Yeah, I think that works out. Yep. I love a good wordplay. A couple uh, of old high school friends back in their hometown. <laughs> Christmas time. For whatever fucking reason, it's always Christmas time. We had some shit pop off this week. Some uh, pretty major news. Um, 
I kind of thought we were starting to settle down with the Erica Jane stuff, but a fucking landmine just went off. Um, the new lawsuit, she got served while she was walking out of the airport. Um, it was all over Instagram. So allegedly, this is a $50 million lawsuit over... They believe that she was complicit in a scheme that Tom Girardi had, namely the the families of the victims of the Lion Air crash were awarded a settlement. And her role in the whole thing was to elicit kind of this lifestyle of glam and like just luxurious, super successful lifestyle in order to trick their clients into believing that Girardi Keese is um, a super successful law firm. That's a really hard thing to say. Super successful law firm. Yeah, and I mean, let me just say this first off. I'm a huge fan of the overly public servings. Yeah, me too. Like, it, it brings me back to uh, Olivia Wilde was giving an award, and Jason Zudekis served her for custody papers right on stage while she was I Like, more of that, that, please, move. because it makes everything reality TV. It's so funny. And, like, this is, like, why we like to watch Bravo, because we see these things unfold in front of us, and then we get the news stories afterwards. But, like, you throw some celebrities in there when that happens. It's so funny. And, like, what? She gets off a plane. They knew where she was. They, they figured out, like, all right, she's getting off this plane here in this terminal. Served her right then and there. Very public. Very funny. But, I mean, for Erica, it's more of the same. I mean, it seems like these increments are just getting thrown out. Like, there's $50 million here. She's getting sued again because she is she has these diamond earrings that are valued at $1.4 million. And they're saying that when Tom bought them for her, he used that fund to do that. And I guess it was like 2013 used the fund to buy those earrings, which again, I don't understand how they're figuring out this money was used for this. And this money was used for that. But all of these things keep popping up and it's just piling up so much on Erica to the point where it's like, she's got to eventually just be like, Ugh, another one, another one. Like it's got to get like a little boring after a while, honestly. But I mean, if it wasn't so scary, you'd be like, fuck this. Like this is so stupid enough. And it brings us back and it's like, yeah, I mean, do I think that she was complicit in the whole thing? Fuck yeah, absolutely. I think she knew since day one. I mean, I think it's it's hard to argue that point as far as like the specifics of it. Um, I don't know. That's that's a little different. Like this lawsuit's not just for her. This lawsuit is like multiple people that were involved in this. She just got highlighted because obviously her relationship with Tom. So it's a little easier to point the finger, I guess. But. Thank God for our man, Zach, from hashtag no filter with Zach Peter. He actually, because I posted this, uh, an Instagram post, and Zach actually messaged me and said that it's a lot of kind of hearsay, and it's not super credible, and then he actually posted a video, which I watched, and it was like kind of diving into the logistics of the whole thing, and now that I've read into it a little bit and done some more research and like listened to Zach... It is kind of a shot in the dark, it seems like. It, it's almost like you said, more of the same. Do I think she's complicit? I don't know. I want to think she's not because I've enjoyed her this season, and I want her to have not known. And I, that's new because last year I didn't feel that way, and now I feel differently. So I kind of hope that she's telling the truth. Time will tell. Like We'll get to the bottom of it eventually in some way, shape, or form. I do know that she's appealing now, giving the earrings back. Yeah, I saw that, and... And it is kind of like what we talked about a few weeks ago on the show um, with Nicolas Cage's wife or ex-wife 
her name escapes me right now, but her then suing Erica for this, like I, I do think it's it's kind of what Zach said to you, where it is all just hearsay and it is all kind of just like grasping at straws, like, all right, we didn't get the settlement that we wanted from Girardi Keys. We're going to go after another company that's, you know, a shell company, if you will, of them that they're funneling money through and go after Erica because she, and let's face it, I mean, she has a spotlight on her with this show, with the lifestyle that she's led for, you know, 15, 20 years in the spotlight. She's an easy target. It's expensive to be me, baby. It fucking sure as hell is now. Jesus. And like, if she can play it that cool. Like you said, like she's just kind of now rolling with the punches, like, oh, another one, another one. Like, I cannot imagine being handed a piece of paper that says you owe $50 million if you lose this suit. Like, what the fuck do you do? I, I think that maybe that's why it's like almost comical. You're talking like monopoly money here. So she's probably like, okay, like 50 mil. Yeah, sure, buddy. Yeah, like, there's no way she's going to pay the 50 mil. But I mean, it's another settlement that you're just going to throw on top of it if it goes through. Which, like, how much money do you think she has? Honestly, I wouldn't even be able to guess at this point. You know, like, I, I don't know if they had, do you think they had, like, secret accounts? Probably like, trust she, funds that she they set up for her. access to something, right? Yeah, like, time-sensitive trust funds that she can get access to as she gets older and, you know, is getting out of these monetary things with, like, the housewife show, where that's got to be her main source of income now. I would imagine. and Maybe like, her fashion, maybe, like, no, the hair extensions. No way, she's just getting started, and, like, yeah. I think even... If you have the following that she does, I still don't know if that's like a guaranteed winner. No, and, and this is actually a pretty good segue to what we're going to discuss next. Depending on how much she is getting paid for the housewife show, that money, I got to assume, is just going to not only legal fees, but also the settlements that are coming out. So she's probably barely breaking even, probably crippled in debt. So, I mean, it is kind of sad to see that, but... It's sad to see it unless she was complicit. And if that's the case, then fuck you. You got like, this is what's coming. Like, yeah. you, you made your bed and I'll lie in it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you're right. And you are right. And we'll see how it goes. And I mean, if it's one thing that Bravo does well, it's keeping those people in the spotlight. We're going to see it with Jen Shaw later this year, all the shit that she's going through and they're going to have that right on TV. So I assume they'll do the same thing for Erica, assuming she gets to stay. Um, but yeah, with what I was saying about how much she might be making as a housewife, we get into Chef Rachel and Below Deck and this whole shitstorm that just started brewing with her popping off on Twitter, going after everybody, learning, I guess, what happened, what I think the straw that broke the camel's back there was she learned through whatever back channel how much the Southern Charm cast gets paid, which is a lot. And she's realizing now, all right, Below Deck doesn't get that kind of money. And apparently Below Deck is their biggest show i guess like viewership is it wise? really that's but what is she that, was saying and then other people were backing of, her up is that because of the amount that it, like do those reruns that play all day long does that count towards your viewership if it's syndicated yeah probably but i mean there's multiple below deck shows not nearly as many housewife shows so it would be like kind of under the same umbrella there's only one southern charm yeah so i really don't know i mean it's all about contract negotiations and she's adding andy on like every one of her tweets and freaking out and it's a really bad look for Bravo. It's and a terrible look for Bravo. If you're coming at the people that pay you, it's like, don't bite the hand that feeds you. No, like, and, it's, and it's a step further than what we talked about a couple of weeks ago with Rinna coming at Dubai. Like, right. It, like, keep it, keep it in the family. Like, you guys are all under the same full branch of Bravo. 
if the one does well, you're also going to do well. Right. So why don't you just like cheer each other on and like push it? But I guess Chef Rachel wasn't feeling that. No, she literally tweeted out, cheers to the most narcissistic twat on Bravo. <laughs> and it's a picture of Austin. I'm, you know, a lot of people would agree with that. I look, do I dispute her claims? Absolutely not. But then it goes on like in that same post, she posted the conversation she had with, I guess, a producer or somebody at Bravo and they DM'd her or messaged her or whatever and asked like, Hey, can you not talk about other people on the network like that? Like, it's not the best look for us. And her response was like, can you tell that like coked out like asshole pretty much to not be an asshole? She goes on to tell this story about, I guess Austin was in Tampa or Fort Lauderdale or one of the two and they met up and he was such a dick. And you got to wonder if it was like, if it might be dating oriented, like why did they, did they meet up because there was a Bravo thing going on or did they meet up because they started talking? I don't know. Like I, in my mind, knowing Austin, knowing Austin, or what I've seen of Austin on television, I'm assuming that he saw her a few times on TV and was like, oh, she's cute, and like hit her up to try to like make a move or like put the moves on her. That's just my impression. Is that what happened? Who the fuck knows? That takes us into a finale of Ultimate Girls Trip. I was sad to see them go. I was sad to see this cast go. I really, really enjoyed myself with these ladies. I'm not going to lie. That Phrasing. sounded fucking horrible. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, dude. <laughs> God damn it. Phrasing I, today is not strong. I am struggling. I'm on the struggle bus. Let me rephrase that. I really enjoyed this season of Ultimate Girls Trip. I thought that this cast was wonderful. Um... But we dive right into it. It's the morning after that wild night, and everyone's kind of waking up. Half of them are super hungover. Uh, Brandy looks like she's been through war. <laughs> she's still got the sparkly dress on. The hair's all fucked up. And she like strolls downstairs, and Jill's making or attempting to make banana bread. Failing to it, make banana bread, yeah. No, it was, it was a horrendous attempt at banana bread. And I felt bad. Because she was like, everyone loved my banana bread. I'm going to make some more banana bread. And she falls very short doing that. But the funniest part of that whole scene is she goes into the kitchen and is like getting everything prepped and ready. And somebody's there putting together like a veggie tray. And she's like giving them directions. And the woman cuts off because I know how to do it. Like, yeah, you scoop this shit out and put it in a bowl and you line these things up around it. You, you fuck off, lady. <laughs> yeah, we just we just watched you crash and burn trying to make banana <laughs> yeah. bread. So now you have nothing better to do than to come over here and tell us how to do you're our jobs. micromanage us? Yeah. Like, get the fuck out of the kitchen, Jill. Like, you're, you, I think that's just her. Like, there's no other housewives in this room right now. I'm going to make myself known. Bam. Thirsty Jill. It is funny because, like, the way that that happened, like that, uh, assuming that that night went super late, which we did see like some bits and pieces later with a pizza party I and all this shit. I fucking love the pizza party. Yeah, it's I great. felt like I was one of them. Oh, well, that's. It was great. And it was, <laughs> it looked like a long, struggling night where people are drinking heavily and dancing and making out. And then Jill gets up at eight, eight in the morning and wants to just make banana bread. And it brings me back. I saw this meme recently. 
that said, I hate people that don't know how to be hungover. <laughs> they wake up after a full night of drinking, we're up till three, and they say, let's go on a kayak somewhere. Let's go like floating on a river or something. And like, no. Just like, let that's me not... sleep in. Yeah, no. And, and lo and behold, they have a canoe trip planned. They do. And they, they get there. I thought that the fear of the canoes was mind-boggling to me. Like, they're fucking canoes. It's not a, a whitewater rafting. Like, it's not some scary adventure you're going on. You're taking canoes out into a lake. And they're looking at these things and the way that they're talking to each other. It's like, you would think that they're about to go cliff jumping or something. Well, it was funny at first because it was supposed to be Phaedra and Eva on the same canoe, and they both looked at each other like, I don't, I don't know. No, the, they got the one canoe that didn't have the fancy seats in it, and they're both like, oh, fuck this canoe. Like, we're not getting in this piece yeah. of shit. and the two of them were already like, I don't know if I even want to do this to begin with. Phaedra's sitting down just like staring at Eva like, I don't know. What are we going to do? All right, we'll switch it up. And then they're like crashing into each other. On It's fine. It's safe. Whatever. It's fun. But... It is funny because they, they, I guess they take the canoe across to the other side of the lake and then they have lunch somewhere over there, like a picnic lunch, but it's mm -hmm. at a table. And I kind of realized every single time that they sit down to have a meal outside, it looks exactly the same. It's just one like long wooden table. It's like a couple table. of chairs. It's the same shit every oh, single time. And I'm fuck. like, are they just transporting this table with them everywhere? Wow. I was like, what the, it like... You kind of want to see, I, I know it's the Adirondacks, you kind of want to see a little bit of the outdoors and stuff, and I'm like, this is the same damn table every time. Wow, what a conspiracy. <laughs> it is just, I mean, this is, again, a, an insight into how my mind works, but I see these things all the time, and I'm like, I know it's not the same table, there's no fucking way. They've driven like this way, this way, this way, whatever. I'm like, it looks like the same fucking table what every time. What it is? I don't know. I guess... The mystery of the picnic table. I guess we'll never know. I mean... Knowing Dorinda, it's probably a table from Bluestone Manor, so she can have a piece of Bluestone Manor so everywhere they charge. go. No matter what, she's <laughs> going to be in charge. Yeah, and she she was weird this episode because she's preaching, like, happiness and everyone be nice to each other. Like, Phaedra saved the day. She saved the trip. Like, thank you for making me realize I was being an asshole, pretty much. And then when they get to dinner, like, everyone's cool, calm, and collected. We finally have... I feel like... They need more episodes because they just hit their stride. Like, I felt like this episode was the most cohesive. I don't think they need any more episodes. I think, I think we got enough. Yeah, well, you, I, it's weird to me that you weren't, like, a big fan of this franchise. I liked, I think I liked, in total, two episodes. Really? I think the rest was just kind of annoying and, like, they didn't do much. And, I mean, we, we talked about it with Tamara. Like, Tamara got a job back. I don't think she deserved it. I don't think any of them really deserved it. Phaedra's great but i you know they show the scenes from her on atlanta and she's actually a different person on atlanta and i remember like not really even liking her the bits and pieces that i saw on atlanta and then obviously she had a little time away from the camera she came back she's great but now that i'm thinking about it i'm like i don't really need any of these women on camera anymore wow i think i'm kind of over it and holy shit and it's funny because at the end they're like i would do this trip again i would do and eva was just like no i'm all right i don't need to Fuck and that. i get that and I also don't need to see Eva anymore. It's fine. But I don't really think any of them, like I'm watching the actual, like the real housewives of wherever. 
and they're fun. They're like, no matter what, even even the down episodes were better than pretty much every episode of this. That's a bold statement. I don't think yeah. that's going to sit well with a lot of our listeners. It's okay. I don't, you know. Guys, ruin Shooter this week. That's fine. All right? <laughs> I'll post specific things so you can just come after them. It's fine. I, say I disagree. The, I say the hard things so that other people don't have to. I, wow, what a martyr. Wow. Good for you, pal. Yep. Fucking unbelievable. Anyway... I think that it was really good. I really enjoyed it. I thought that they had a really good rapport this last episode. I thought, you know, other than that moment at dinner when Dorinda like lashes out at Brandy because Brandy thinks everyone's cool. As... Which is fine. I thought that was entirely fine that Brandy did that. Like <laughs> I did too. It, like it was a goof. Like get over it. That's it. And like that's that's the sign of like, hey, things are cool now, guys. Like we're all in a good place. Like, hey, Dorinda, stop yelling at people. Which by the way, Dorinda, stop fucking yelling at people. But how the fuck are you going to get bent out of shape like that? And then you come at her so hard. And this is when I remembered, like, I had flashbacks to Roni when Dorinda would get fucked up. And, like, the way she comes after, like, we saw it a little bit in Ultimate Girls Trip, like, with Jill, like, calling her weak and stuff like that. But this was, like, a very specific moment where, like, the backlash was so not on par with what was said. Like, Brandy was goofing around. And Dorinda goes off the rails like, oh, was that a shirt or a dress? And then she goes, you know, with that shirt, oops, I mean dress. Like, you're pretty much slut shaming the woman because she told you to stop yelling. Yeah, because she was having a good time. And Dorinda gets, like, offended because she says, I was nice enough to have you guys in my house. Like, fuck you. The only reason you had them in your house is because you want to get back on a show. Yeah, the producers also, by the way, said, hey, we're going to use your house. You didn't go, Andy, we're going to use my house, and that's the way it's going to be. Like, you may have presented the idea, but again, like, they made the choice, Dorinda. Like, you're not the fucking captain of this ship, regardless of what you think. And, like, she made Brandy cry. And yeah, I was pissed. I was yeah, like, I was kind of pissed off too, just because, like you said, like we kind of and we deal, we still ended up getting that final, like, all right, everybody's good, everybody's friends, but it didn't whatever. Feel we'll as genuine up. anymore? No, no, because of that. And to be honest, I don't know if it ever would have felt really genuine. You see, I think it was Tamra and Brandy were talking about like Instagram. And Tamara was like, well, I've got you blocked on Instagram, actually. No, she unblocked her. And then she's like, oh, I unblocked you a couple days ago, though. Yeah, because she said, you know what, Brandy? You're just misunderstood. And I was like, you know what? She really is. I really think she is because I don't think anything she says is meant to be malicious. Is that an excuse? No, like you still can't say hurtful, mean things to people. But like she really never means it bad, I don't think. She just no. has no fucking filter, just comes out. Mm-hmm. The one person I actually ended up really feeling for, and it was a shock to me, was Vicky. When she was in her room with Tamara, and also, by the way, Tamara's reactions to Vicky going through struggles is hysterical because yeah. she's so nonchalant. Like, all right, Vicky, like, yeah, I know your life sucks right now. Like, yeah, I know he left you and he's leaving the house. <laughs> a lot of friends would say, like, oh man, that's really hard. I'm so sorry, like, you went on a trip and your husband just moved out of the house after saying, like, you guys are done. Or boyfriend, whatever. But Tamara's like, yeah, what did you expect? Like, he told you that you were done. Like, yeah, he's got to move his shit out, Vicky. Like, get over it, pretty much. And Vicky is, like, opening up. And it, I really felt 
bad because it was such a genuine moment. She's like, I don't know what the future holds. Like my life's a fucking question mark. Everything I've known for a long time right now is gone. And I'm scared and I don't know what to do. And Tam was like, okay, Vicky, like it's not a big deal, dude. (laughs) I was just like pushing her along because she's, well, this is the other thing is they, I think they shared a room and I think that they probably, they came together so she's probably just tired. I mean, it's been eight straight days, and Vicky's probably only really been harping on Tamara. I know. So it is. Sure. It does yeah. get annoying after you know a friend breaks up with somebody. You're there for them in the beginning, but if they keep harping on it and going and going, you're like, all right, enough. We're I we're think good. That's different though, when you're like, she's about to turn sixty years old. Like the prospect of maybe not meeting somebody else has to be very daunting. Like it's different for you and I. Like it's different for people our age. Like mm-hmm. yeah, you can. Like, see the light at the end of the tunnel if something goes really wrong. Like, if you're hitting 60 and you're going through a breakup with someone you thought was forever, like, that's got to be earth-shattering. And Tamara is pretty much like, yo, get over it. It's not like, fucking move on already. It's been eight days, dude. That's not like an extended period of time. Well, we do also know the backstory of the relationship. I mean, the dude was living in her house in Mexico right. for I mean, six I'm, months it's... and doing whatever the fuck he was doing and not answering <laughs> and refusing to come up to see her. So, like, if yeah. you knew that, like, there's writing on that wall. There's a lot of writing It's not on like that she wall. was blindsided. Regardless, Maybe she feels though. blindsided, but she wasn't blindsided by the whole thing. I don't think it softens the blow. I think it does. I feel bad for her. No, I really that's good. do. That, that's a good 180, though, because you hated her episode one. Oh, yeah. Felt bad for her at the end. Same yeah. thing, like, I mean, I, I you go through ebbs and flows with these things. And it is, like, it's just so funny. And I'll say it again. We see these things, and, like... When Vicky was going off on that, I'm like, oh, my God, enough, Vicky. Like, shut up. But it's been a week. Like, it's, <laughs> like we do this every time. I do it for fucking, for uh, Beverly Hills, like the Dorit thing. I'm like, oh, my God, Dorit, fucking enough. And then something pops up, and it's like four hours ago. I'm like, oh, my God. She was held at gunpoint like 12 hours ago, and I'm already tired of her talking yeah. because it's six weeks later for me. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like it's so tough with these time frames. But this show simplified it. Because it's eight days, and I still got tired of things that happened on day two that were still coming up on day seven. And I'm like, shut up. Poor I'm over Vicky. it. Poor, poor Vicky. But they did, like, I don't know. They go through these things with, like, the games that they were playing, the word association games, where Vicky gets uh, self-involved, and she takes it as a compliment. She's too self-involved to realize that self-involved is an insult. Yeah, but you could also you could also see that they're all, like, kind of together because I think it was Brandy that immediately said, Oh, that's like, that's not a compliment. That's not a compliment. And normally in you know day one, Brandy says that everybody jumps down Brandy's throat, but you could see like Phaedra, Eva, everyone else in their confessionals is like, Oh, Vicky, like self-involved means selfish. And they're all like kind of backing up Brandy. It's like, that's an interesting t- change of events. So well, that gets to Dorinda days. and clearly Dorinda is the one that wrote it. Cause she's like so snide in her confessional that, like, she can't help herself. Like, she's got to take those jabs. She's just a mean person. She's mean-spirited. And I've taken so many... Maybe that's why I enjoyed it so much, because of my, like, the emotional roller coaster that I went on. Because episode one, yay, Dorinda's back. Yay, she's the narrator. This is dope. Episode two, no, Dorinda, stop. Episode eight, felt bad for Vicky, hated Dorinda. So... I don't know. I mean... So they achieved something during the show for you. They moved me. Well, there Bravo you go. moved me. Well done, guys. Yeah, I think it Bravo. was... Bravo. Overall, I think it was entertaining at times. I think more than anything, it was a good time filler. One out of ten, what do you give it? Four. 
four? Yeah. Fuck you, four. I don't know. You know, that's soft. What? I, it, yeah, it is a soft four. That's a, that's brutal. I give it. I give it a seven seven. I think you're too nice. I don't think so. I think our our listeners are going to agree with me. I'm going to ask them. Yeah. All right. You guys back me up. Yeah, we'll put a poll out there. We'll see. Yeah. You want to back me? You want to back Steel? Yeah. I mean, the, the answer is obvious. But anyway, that takes us right into Southern Charm, and I like this episode. I'm starting to vibe a little bit more with the Southern Charm. I'm starting to be able to look past some of the things that I really hate about it. There's still a lot that grinds my gears in this episode. Obviously, did because it was very like Shep centric, but um. Before we get to Shep, I thought that it was an in, like really really interesting interaction between Olivia and Vanita. Like that was bizarre. I didn't think that the conversation did anything like it except piss both of them off. It did, and it, I actually I want to commend Olivia because I actually I, I really don't like Vanita that much, and I thought that Vanita's anger was actually towards Madison because of inviting. Olivia and Catherine, and also pretty much just having a backdoor engagement party for everybody yeah. to come over and be like, oh, yeah, happy birthday. Also, you're engaged. This is so great. Hey, Vanita's here, too. That's awesome. That's- it's Vanita's birthday next day. But she brings Olivia over there. First and I- of all, before you even get to that, how about when she says, let's go talk, and she goes, you got this, and she's like, yeah, I know I got this. Yeah, I don't you don't need, need words of encouragement talk. to go argue with somebody yeah, or like you whatever you're doing. But she goes over and she starts talking to her. And Olivia was like, not backing down, like like sunglasses on, sunglasses off, which I always think is funny. But she sits there and like Vanita's talking to her. And I, again, I still don't understand where Vanita's coming from because she starts talking about Olivia or Olivia. She starts talking about Naomi's party and how she felt like Olivia came over there with like bad intentions, talking about whatever. And she didn't. She was just saying what happened. And then Vanita jumped down her throat, but then apologized afterwards and said, you know, I, I don't like to do that. Like, I understand what it's like to have people gang up on you like that. Like, I really wouldn't want that to happen. And I've just met you. So, like, I don't want any bad intentions. But then she shows up at the fucking party and she's like, you and I need to go talk. I was like, actually, what, what? Yeah, I was confused when that went down last week. Um, like, I didn't understand what the fuck happened. I was like, I thought you guys squashed this already. Like, you, there's still drama here. They took me by surprise. And then fast forward to the actual conversation. And she came in way too hot. And again, I think that her anger was more focused, like one, at Madison, like you said, for the invite list. And two, at Catherine. Like, I think that's the root of the anger. And now she's taking it out on Olivia, which made no sense to me. But when you fast forward this episode a little bit and they get to that conversation where she's talking with Leva... She does say, like, she kind of puts her foot in her mouth when it gets to these, like, tough conversations. Like, she comes in weird. Like, she literally says, like, I don't, I don't come into these conversations the right way. But she started the conversation very, like, inorganically, brought her aside. Like, you would think, you got this. if you're going to do this, if you're going to take someone aside and this is your idea to do this, you're going to have some sort of plan of action, you right? You should. You but absolutely should. she didn't. Should. She just, like, like, kept going back and forth and arguing. And Olivia's just like, what? like, what are we even talking about here? Like, yeah, why are we confused. doing this? And then the end of it, like you said, the solution or resolution or lack thereof was nothing. Well, Absolutely I guess, you nothing. know what? We can't really do this. Let's go back to the party. We'll have another discussion another time. Yeah, and it's like, all right, so to. 
Yeah, let's just prolong this thing about nothing. I don't understand what the it's got to just be. I think she's just catching strays because of Catherine, and that's fine. Like Vanita's well within her right to have her issues with Catherine for what Catherine did last season and the season before. But I mean, Olivia's not really at fault there, so you can't get mad at her about it just for association. So it's kind of dumb and stupid. And I again, I think that all of her anger is towards Madison, and she's taking it out on other people. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. But um, the boys were going up to Charlotte this week. Um, they're moving Austin's family out of his childhood home. Um, but Austin's got a big deal with um, one of the distributors in Charlotte, like a ton of stores, like a huge move for his company. And I will say this, and like... As we know, I am not an Austin fan. However, I was rooting for him in this moment. I thought that this would be a big deal for him, maybe to push him forward in his life. Like if he signs this deal, like that's big news. So I was actually shockingly like, okay, like cool. Like I hope he gets this deal. But um, before they leave, Shep has a conversation with Taylor, you know, and it's, they're kind of going back and forth very lightly. And he's like, yeah, you know, we're going to Charlotte and like, there's all these bars that we're going to go to afterwards. Like we're going to pretty much, we're going to go party afterwards. And she is very hesitant. She's like, okay, be good. And that lit the match. And Shep fucking goes off. Like, don't start. Don't start. Like, here we go again. Like blah, blah, blah. And like goes, I need five minutes and goes behind closed doors and starts to yell. Like, we can't keep doing this. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, Okay timeout you cheated on her this is the fallout she caught you cheating so this is what happens now when you go out without her she's going to be skeptical like you made your bed you gotta lie in it like if you want this to continue forward and he but and as we know shep doesn't do that that's not how shep's mind works no he, he thinks that he made his penance up and he's done it's over with. Now he should just be fully trusted no matter what he does. Regardless. And, and look, I mean, it just kind of points again to the fact that Shep just shouldn't be in a relationship if that's what he's going to do. If you're going to get pissed off, you made bad mistakes and she's stuck with you. The least you can do is, is you know, give her a little bit of backup when it comes to these things and be like, look... I'll let you know how everything's going. I'll be on my best behavior. Like, give her the fucking break yeah, that she gave you. Yeah, give her some support. Like, yeah. hey, I know. I know that this is tough. But, hey, I'm different now. Like, I'll text you. I'll keep you updated. Like, we're just going to have some drinks. Like, me and the boys are hanging out. Like, there's a way to go about it in which you don't look like a total douche. He went the opposite direction. Yeah, he, he's not interested in that. Really. No, he's not. And it's because she like if you challenge Shep at anything... He will do the exact opposite. Like, that's what I've learned. If you tell Shep not to jump, he's going to jump. Just to piss the other person off, seemingly. And it's like, it's so fucking childish. And I say it every fucking week. Like, he's such a fucking child. It's hard to watch. And then they get to this bowling alley. And after, like, we find out that Austin signed him. Like, they're actually super stoked to even have him present this to them. They're like, we want this, period. Like, that was the intro to the meeting. So, like, good for him. And Craig's there too. So, oh, and we also had a little Craig and Paige check in. Which, yeah, we had two of them. We had a, a FaceTime check in, which was pretty much nothing, where he said that he should have said, I love you, which he is said, nice. Uh, he said, I almost said, I love you. Oh, I thought he said, I should no, have. No, he said, ah, that's different. I almost said, I love you, 
but I didn't. That's different than I should have said I love you. Oh, all right. That well, means that he felt he should have said I love you, but felt that he should not say I love you. Well, as we've seen with their relationship over now two shows, baby steps everywhere. I yeah. mean, it's whatever. If they're happy, they're happy. That's fine. And but... as you all know, we now love Paige. Oh, yeah. We love Paige now. We but... call us the DeSore bros. That works, actually. <laughs> But yeah, we get them sitting down at the bar, I guess, just having a couple of drinks before lunch, talking about whatever. And the topic of Naomi comes up, which I don't know. Every time that the topic of Naomi comes up and he's talking to Paige, I kind of look for a reaction from her to see something. And I really don't think that she knows that they hooked up in Vegas. I just I don't know. Oh, that's your vibe. Yeah, I keep getting the vibe because she doesn't look. I mean, we just talked about Taylor and Shep. Shep's going out in the city. She's like, okay, be good. Craig has a full discussion with Paige about, well, what about like, you know, if me and Naomi like went out and got lunch or dinner or something, just one-on-one, <laughs> obviously Paige is going to be like, no. That's Which a, is such a weird thing to even like present. Well, I it's know the lawyer you, in him. That was the best thing I've heard. Like, <laughs> I don't know what, what the a, fuck that means. What but, a lawyer thing to say. Look, yeah. I'm a litigator. You get it. Like, <laughs> yeah, you understand. I got to keep both parties happy. Why? <laughs> yeah. And like, I mean, I get it to the to the extent that they are castmates, like they're on the same TV show. There might be an event in which they have to have a one-on-one. Yeah, but it won't be dinner. No, you don't have to present it. Like, what if we grab drinks? Like, no, bro. Like, not gonna. You happen. guys just fucked like a but few again, months ago. And this is what I'm getting is when she when he's talking about Naomi, Paige said a couple of weeks ago on I think it was the first episode. Yeah, I'd be a little concerned like if you weren't on good terms with an ex because then I'd be like, well, what the hell happened in that relationship that you guys aren't cool anymore? But, I mean, there's good terms and then there's having dinner one-on-one with an ex. But even the thought, I feel like Paige, if she knew, would have shut it down way more than she did to the point where I'm like, maybe I really don't know if she knows or maybe well, she, she has def- an inkling. I mean, but she like, knows now because the show's wow. aired. So, like, in your theory, when did she find out? Probably after the show. You think? Or maybe like the end of the season or something. I mean, again, the time frames on these things are always skewed. And, and we actually now know after our episode last week that Shep and Taylor broke up. Now apparently they are back together or Boo. they or they never broke up. Who the fuck Boo. knows? But yeah, dumb move by both of them, really. I mean, Shep no is No one just... wins. Nobody wins there. Like, yeah. You guys were better off. Let Shep go be a man child with whoever and like go about your life, Taylor. Like, don't go back to that guy. Back to the boys out and about. They're, you know, drinking there at a bowling alley. And Shep's telling them, like, what's going on? And by the way, during this whole interaction, Taylor is texting him, pretty much apologizing, like, for why she's concerned. And she's like, you know, I'm sorry that, like, I have these feelings. Like, I'm sorry. Like, whatever. Why the fuck is she the one that's trying to, like, smooth this over? Meanwhile, Shep goes to the bathroom briefly, and we get a little conversation between Austin and Craig. And Craig's like, he's concerned not because she doesn't trust him. He's concerned because he's afraid she's going to keep digging. And it's not just a campfire. There's accelerant and landmines all around this shit. And if she keeps digging, it's going to go up in flames. Yeah, like, and they hint at like knowing more knowing than way, anyone else. Way more. So well, they no, know they more hint, than anything. No, they hint at everybody knowing except for Taylor. Yeah, so that I mean that's just a bad situation. And during that whole exchange, and it is like it's like a touch of like Stockholm syndrome. Honestly, like 
she's in this relationship, just had that whole pregnancy scare where she was like, maybe I can turn Shep into an actual man. Doesn't work. Why is she still with him? But she's still clinging on, still with him. And now she's the one apologizing. There's no chance in hell that he's apologizing back. Absolutely He sends not. a selfie of him and the boys out. He's probably just like, ah, don't worry about it. It's okay. And Instead then, of being like, look, I'm sorry for like escalating the situation. I'm sorry for doing it in the first place and giving you that gas to keep going and that uncertainty that you have every time that I leave the city. I'm sorry for my end of it. He's not self-aware enough to have that conversation. I don't know. I think he's self-aware. I just don't think he gives a shit. Oh, you think it's just complete disregard for anybody else? Anybody but himself. I yeah. think, I mean, that's definitely part of it, but I don't think he's capable of that mature of a conversation. And fast forward, like all of this shit is going on with your girlfriend. Where is he? He's taking shots at the bar with some chick. Did you ever wake up in prison the next day? Yeah. What a line. Are you fucking kidding me? And she said, yeah. I know. And he's like, what? Uh, Let's do a shot. Let's do a shot, man. Lemon drops, bro. First off, uh, that's the other thing I wanted to touch on. They do these, I I fucking hate lemon drops, but they also do Jaeger shots. And I'm like, what? You guys are 40. They were drinking Red Bull vodkas. It's bad for your heart. It's terrible for your heart at any age, let alone when you're 40 getting blacked out. Like they start the night off, and Austin's like, 99% 99% chance of getting blacked out tonight. Like, who? I. Well, you know what? That's okay for Austin because he did just land a big business deal. Fair like, he wants to go okay. celebrate. He has no regard for anything else. Fair enough. Whatever. He's barely even in, I wouldn't even say it's in a relationship with Olivia. He's talking to her. He's oh, in a talking God, stage. that conversation. Oh, yeah. Well, he's in a talking stage with her. So fine for him to do that. Craig doesn't say a word, really. Craig just smiles, laughs, whatever. Maybe he's going to drink. Shep's like, all right. All right, man. Tuesday night for me. Yeah, let's go. I don't do anything else anyway, so fuck it. <laughs> um, you just reminded me. Austin was talking to, I almost said Madison because he won't shut the fuck up about Madison. Mm-hmm. When Austin's talking to Olivia, every single time they've been together, the conversation goes to Madison. You want to know the worst way to start off? Like their first date alone together? Well, Olivia did bring it up this time. So I will, like she asked him about her engagement and then he went the fuck off. That's the thing though. You have to have like the presence of mind to be like, touch on it and move on. Touch on it. I think if you're Olivia, you just don't talk about it. Well, yeah. But like if I'm Olivia and all of my past interactions have featured Madison, I'm going to poke a little bit and try to find out like, hey, can you get the fuck over this? Or is this going to be a constant thing? Uh, Yeah, that's a good point. Throw the bait out there and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like set him up and oh, he fucked it up again, like time and time again. And I I think that obviously they're together now. So like Mm -hmm. it must have sorted itself out. We might see that process throughout the season. I'm actually curious if there's like a moment in which this kind of comes to a head and she's like, look, dude, what the fuck? That's what it looks like for next week. I mean, they're at a party and it looks like Madison shows up and Austin just like clams up and starts talking about her again. And Livy's like, are we going to do this every time? Oh, I didn't see that. So, okay. Yeah. So we do get something in addition to this sequence, which has been pretty rough, but yeah, I mean them out at the bowling alley ordering like chicken quesadillas and like fingers and stuff. And, Shep talking about not putting his fingers in bowling balls and whatever. I mean, it was nice. And I think this is actually kind of like why you liked this episode a little bit more. It was good. There was a little bit of drama with everything going on. There was a little bit of like talk about Shep's past and stuff. 
But overall, like it was a boys trip. Yeah, it's a bros being bros. Yeah, boys in the city. They called it the big city, which is kind of funny because the they're coming from city Charleston Charlotte. to Charlotte, which, you know, whatever. If that's the biggest city near you, go for it. But that takes us into the meat and potatoes, the Beverly Hills, the Rob Huh. And um, it wasn't a crazy episode. Not a whole lot popped off. Um, we intro back at the Christmas party and uh, Eric is getting bombed again. Shocker. But we had an Asher performance. We got to hear our boy sing. I thought you're probably going to disagree with me entirely, but I thought his voice was incredible. I was completely fine with him singing. It was, it was a Christmas well, holiday song, whatever you want to say. I thought he looked good. I no, thought, he does not. I thought he looked good in his red jacket. In Rinna's outfit? Yeah. No, he didn't. I thought he looked better than Rinna would in that. Oh, I firmly disagree. Uh, well, I whatever. think she would look fucking phenomenal. In no, that. I thought I thought he put on a, a good performance. I thought it was fine. This was his party from the jump. Like, we knew this. Diana took a backseat and said, he's the one who's going to do all of this. Let him have his moment to shine. And he shone. Here's my fucking problem. All right. I'm not debating the talent. Unfortunately, I wanted him to get up there and be like very mediocre. I didn't want him to be bad. I wanted him to be very subpar, just average as fuck, because I wanted him to be like this guy that, oh, I studied Broadway and oh, I'm a musician and blah, blah, blah. And then he's just so average that it's like, okay, guy, like just because you sing karaoke better than other people does not make you a musician. However, he is great to the point where the majority of the room is in tears. Now, this is my problem. Well, and, and actually, let's just use this as a little step back. When the pastor comes out in Ultimate Girls Trip. Oh, he was fucking awesome. He was awesome. It was awesome. Every single franchise needs him, like, just on call to but, come in and, like, squash shit because oh, he was hold great. Hold on. I have notes. Oh, uh-oh. There were more, perf- it was fucking weird. It was awkward. There were more performers than there were girls there. So they were all sitting there crying their eyes out. I mean, it was great. It was beautiful, whatever. They were having a good time. It was just weird, though. Then they're up there, like, dancing with them all. There's, like, 10, 12 performers up there. How are you And then the seven heartless? girls in there. It was just weird. How and is I'm like, weird? this is such an odd moment. It's a beautiful moment. It's no. like, it's the culmination of all these tumultuous things happening all week. And they all cry and, like... The bishop was fucking awesome. He was and- awesome. I'm not taking away from that. I thought the performance was great. Well, how's And I love that. It was just weird that there was six or seven girls up there and they all like started mixing in and like dancing with them all. You're ice cold. If I walked out of a bar or I guess whatever the hell that place was in the middle of nowhere and I looked over the railing and I saw that, I'd be like, what the fuck is going on down there? Well, yeah, for sure. If you're not involved in it, but if you're in it, you don't give a fuck what other people think because it's a, it's a magical moment. Ah. I'm going to quote Sutton. You're soulless. You're an asshole. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So, we'll, yeah, we'll get back to the topic on hand with Asher. Again, weird that everybody's crying. I don't get it. Like, it's a You've good never performance. Been moved? It's a good... Maybe oh not. God. Maybe I've never been moved. You've never been moved. Yeah, they're all crying. Erica's fucking singing along that yelling. That was embarrassing. She, she, and she made a comment before Asher started singing. She was talking to him like standing near the the music sheets and reading it. And, and he walks over. He's like, no, nah, you, you can't read that. Get the hell out of here. And she was like, oh yeah, I had my time. And somebody else is like, oh yeah, you had your time with Broadway. And she was like, oh, that shit tanked two years ago. 
<laughs> sits down. You think that she's just going to like sit there with the rest of them. She starts belting it out with Asher. I know. Roughly, might it, I add. It was... I mean, yeah, she was drunk. She probably has an okay voice. She I mean, does. She was on Broadway. I mean, give her credit. Yeah, but I think they paid for her to get on Broadway. Irrelevant. Yeah, like, she was but, on Broadway. She can at least hold a note. You know what? Maybe she can. Maybe she can't. Okay. She couldn't tonight. That's for sure. No, she couldn't. But she was also on, like, four different drugs and 14 different cocktails. But before we get into that part of this whole thing, my problem with the Asher performance is this. And it, it's not just him, and it's not necessarily his fault. But any time that there is a dinner party or an event or anything hosted by somebody, and the host takes it upon themselves to perform at that event, I think it's fucking stupid. I think it's such a, like, look at me moment. Like, they have to sit down and listen to you because it's your fucking party. So no matter what, even if you're not great, they're going to clap and act like you're fucking great. Are they going to cry, though? You just said that they were moved and it matter. was a beautiful no, no, no. moment. I said that. Now you're it saying a, it No, sucked. fuck you. I always said that the ultimate girls trip was a beautiful moment. I'm saying that this moved people and you are immovable because you're fucking heartless. That's a different point. My point is it's embarrassing to me for people to host an event and then perform at that event, assuming that people give a fuck. Like, it's such a weird assumption that you think people want to sit down and listen to you perform whether you're great or not and he was he was a fantastic it performer. was one song it doesn't matter that's like three minutes of your time but to assume hey, you that... enjoying yourself at this party with everything that we paid for how about you take a seat and listen to me perform why one? why do you need to sing in front it's of the them? same thing as giving a speech why do you have to give a speech people give speeches all the time if There's they give wrong a with that. quick holiday speech like that makes sense like hey everybody just wanted to bring us all together. It's been a rough couple of years of COVID. I'm so glad we're all here to celebrate. Sutton's not. That sucks. But let's raise our glasses. Happy holidays, everybody. Clink. That's fine. I think you're contradicting yourself. I'm not contradicting myself. They cried. They, they were moved. It was a good it's performance not, and they enjoyed themselves. I'm not knocking the performance itself. I'm knocking the idea of having a performance to begin with. Mm. I'm right. <laughs> I'm right. All right. But that takes us into like what the whole episode was pretty much about this week. And that's Erica and her drinking slash medicine. And it's not vibing. Like she embarrassed herself in front of Kathy, which I think that the majority of these women, their goal is to look classier than usual when they're in the presence of Kathy Hilton. Like, they all seem to try to be on their best game in front of her just because, you know, she's Kathy fucking Hilton and she owns the world. But she's, like, falling over drunk. She's telling her the same story over and over and over again to the point where Kathy gets up and goes to the other girls and like, hey, this is a fucking problem. And Garcelle's like, I know, I've been saying it. Like, is anybody going to wake the fuck up? And Kyle's like, we, it's really dangerous to throw that shit around. Now, as our resident recovering alcoholic... It is I thought you were going to say your resident uh, recovering Kyle Stan. Oh, that too. There's a lot. I'm having a lot of emotions here. All right. My sobriety date's like three weeks away. So it's like, this was a very important episode for me. But um, she's correct in her dealings with Kim. Like it is problematic to throw labels around because if that person is an alcoholic, then that can further the problem because they start to try to prove you wrong, which never turns out well. That being said, there's a fine line between 
being sympathetic to somebody going through a hard time and letting loose and enabling them. And Kyle is now enabling her because this is a fucking issue. When you have multiple incidents at multiple parties back to back to back where you can't even stand up, that's a fucking problem. Whether she's a full-blown alcoholic or just having a drinking problem at the moment, that's something that needs to be addressed. And I'm glad that Garcelle can kind of stand up and say that to all these women. Like, what the fuck? Are you guys blind? Like, why are we not handling this? Rinna, the surprise of the century, she handles it really well because in the moment when nothing's going to get accomplished, like she just sits there with Erica, makes sure she gets out okay, like gets home okay, and then goes to her house and drops the hammer. And I was stunned. I was proud of Rinna. I didn't see it coming. And she's like, look, this is a problem. And she says that her sister died of an overdose, which I had no idea. I guess that... Like, obviously, people did know that, but I did not. And to hear her take on it was really interesting to me because she talks about how everyone said that her sister didn't have a problem. It wasn't an addiction. And then she overdosed. So that's why it genuinely was an important episode for me in recovery, not to get too deep, but knowing that whether you think that they have an addiction problem or not, when there is alcohol or drugs and stuff like that, being abused as part of a self-medication where you're trying to get through something with these things and you see it as starting to become a public problem as a friend as a loved one like you need to step up and say yo what the fuck's going on and address the problem so i was like genuinely moved at that moment when renat spoke up so i was like good for you like fuck yeah and erica heard that or seemingly heard that. Fast forward, she has a drink with Garcelle. But well, and and what I will say about the drink with Garcelle, and this is you know jumping a little bit, but she did try, and I, like I get that. Like she tried, she she ordered a hot tea. They didn't have hot tea upstairs, so then she got a drink. You can't like, she, pivot immediately to cognac. No, but like I don't know. Like she's early stages, knows that she has a problem, knows that she's had a problem with this, whether it's the meds or whether it's just drinking full blown. She did make the effort and it didn't happen. She panicked and got that. Like I'm, I'm, I applaud her for actually trying the first one. Yeah, sure. So, you know, baby steps again with this shit, but yeah, I mean, she's the only thing that I will say about the Rinna while Rinna was definitely in the right. And I think that Erica definitely heard it and came like responded pretty well to what Rinna was saying. I do think that like Garcelle's been saying this for weeks. And it falls on deaf ears. Nobody says a word. If this comes back to Kyle and Kyle's like, good for you, Renna. Like, thank you so much for doing that. I'm going to be fucking livid. I will too. I will too, because she's trying to sidestep it and not address it. And if she's like, oh, that was awesome. Like I, she needed that. I I will fucking lose my mind. It's brutal. It's tough. And like, it, it sucks that we've gotten to a point with Kyle that that's kind of expected. Like, I expect her to t- like jump onto this. Like, yeah, we need to get her straight. Like, Yeah, she just blindly backs her friends and picks and chooses who her friends are. But people like Erica that she will always stick with, she doesn't do what Rinna did. She doesn't have that hard conversation. She just backs them and says, well, you know, it's not... Like, even when everybody pointed out, it's been like three, four times in a row, it's getting rough. Kyle still sat there like, yeah, you know, like, it did happened a couple of times like it is a little much but i'd still rather see her like this than i did her last year it's like you know you can separate the two it it is getting tough to watch it was it was fun while in mexico because we got like a little bit of drunk erica having fun it's also a girl's trip where it's like not 
it's not as serious. I guess it's, I mean, it is serious, but like, it's not as serious because it was also the first of many rather right. than like the middle of the pack. If it was maybe the last of it, you'd be like, all right, Eric is fucked up, but it's not, not really an excuse for all of her behavior. Like people who use, well, you know, I was really drunk or I was blacked out as an excuse for the shitty things that they do when she did it to Garcelle's sons. And then tonight with, uh, crystal again, we get like the tail end of that. The chicken fingers coming out. She goes, "Oh, you, you can't eat that." Like, it was fuck so off, bad, dude. But like, that's no excuse. Just because you're drunk doesn't mean you can do no. that and say those things. You can get like one half pass. Like, yeah. you still have to apologize, and you're gonna have to like sit in shame for a while if you do it once. No, and I do think that like the true Erica did show her head a little bit too when she was talking to Kathy about Paris's wedding. Yep, and she was like, "I'm just so sorry." I couldn't have gone because I didn't want to bring my baggage to that wedding. Her scarlet letter. And then just keep talking about it. She just talked about herself the whole time. And I then know. at the end, she was like, but she looked fucking beautiful. And it's like, okay, there you go. That's all you had to say. You didn't have to talk about yourself for five minutes to get no. to, I hope it was a good ceremony. Like, I'm so sorry that I couldn't no, but go. But like, you understand. Out. And Kathy got it. Kathy's like, I get it. Like, no worries at all. You sent your invite back. Cool. Great. Awesome. And Eric is like, but about me a little more and how I'm feeling. He's like, all right, me. enough. Like, whatever but they move from the christmas party and we got essentially no diana in this episode which is fine by me she needs a fucking break and we move to dorit who i guess was also absent at the christmas party right was she getting over COVID or something i don't know but i i she was not memorable if she was there yeah i don't i don't think she was there um but we move to her talking to pk this was great and pk's thing pops up where I guess a few weeks before, maybe a week after or two weeks after Dorit had the break in, he gets pulled over on his way back from a business dinner and he's got suspicion of DUI and the tabloids are going crazy with it. Now this is weeks later. Apparently they Three got hold of it after the fact. and he sits down and it starts off with Dorit interconfessional kind of defending him saying PK went to dinner with some business associates. He had a glass of wine, then drove home. I'm sorry. How fucking big was that glass of wine? 0.081 for one glass of wine? I know. Like, that nope. just mathematically doesn't add up. Absolutely not. Again, as an alcoholic, that doesn't add up. That nope. math don't math, baby. That math don't math. And we do math on this show. We love math. And it just didn't make... It was just funny. It's like, in the same breath, when she's talking about how he then told her, I wasn't even going to tell you because I didn't want you to worry about everything that was going on. I wanted you to, like, not no, worry no, no, about no, me no, being no. out. Nope. He said, I didn't want you to worry that I was late. Well, because she just had the break-in. Oh, that makes more sense. Yeah, because this was a week or two after the break-in. I thought it was like, I didn't want to get in trouble for being late. It could also be a little bit of that, honestly. But no, I took it as he, she was going to be up worrying about him because of what was just going on. But then the best, the fucking best line that PK's ever had, that arguably any house husband has ever had, she's like... Don't lie to me. Like, I told you, like, the only thing I'm not cool with is lying. And he said, I didn't lie. I decided not to tell you something. And I was like, that's the best description for a lie. You'll lie of omission. I decided not to tell you something. That's not a lie. No, I, I mean, she's also lying, though. I mean, there's no right person that has ever drank before that understands how, uh, like, a breathalyzer works that's going to sit there and say he had one glass of wine. Yeah. She's lying to us. Unless, like and herself. said, it's a pint, like a mega pint. We're back to the mega pint. <laughs> Everything comes back. But I, yeah, I thought that's, that was pretty funny. And him just talking about that, we find out 
in the scene later that he told Mauricio about the whole thing. Oh, yeah. Because he will tell Mo everything and then take a bullet for him. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of funny because it's like, you're not, he probably called him up and was like, you're not going to believe this. I'm sitting in my car right now. I had, a, <laughs> I had a bottle of wine between my legs. I was guzzling that shit. I'll and these guys. 16 had... martinis at dinner. <laughs> oh, my God. And I think it was like, at one point, somebody said like 4 a.m. too. And I'm like, uh, you had one glass of wine and you're out till 4 a.m., guy? Yeah. Like, no. Come on. Just be glad that you're rich and they let you sit there and take the test again until you weren't drunk anymore. Yeah. So that, I mean, that team was just kind of goofy as it was. I but. thought it was fucking hysterical. Like, what a line. That's going to go down in history, at least in the Bravo Bros world. Oh, yeah. That was so fucking funny. But the only other thing that really happened was our girl Sutton is back in the dating pool and she went out with Sanjeet again. Good for her. I think it's great. And I think that... It was good, like, on the heels of the conversation that she had with Garcelle, because the two of them are, like, kindred spirits when it comes to, like, single mothers dating and talking to other guys and doing this and doing that and, like, trying to keep your world together while, you know, your kids are out. And we find out that, you know, her ex-husband is in Italy. She didn't know that his girlfriend was coming with them with their kids. With the kids. And so that was even harder because it was COVID. She, was, she had COVID and she couldn't even go anywhere for Christmas. So she's just sitting at home alone calling her exes saying, all of I, them. I think I'm dying. I don't know what's going on. I've got COVID. <laughs> uh, I'm really sad right now. I'm very alone. And like it was, it was a very relatable moment with Except all of that. I, the one issue I had, and like, I know Garcelle can speak from a place of understanding but every time that Sutton was like, yeah, and I found out like they were there, he was with his girlfriend, with the kids, and she was like, and you were here alone, all by yourself, with nobody, alone, like just highlighting like how lonely she is. But every you time can she talk to Sutton like that because Sutton's like, yes. Yeah, no, I know. She doesn't pick up on those like little like micro. Uh, I don't even think she was trying to like take a jab. I just think she was trying to relate, but like in a way in which it was like, yeah. And alone and sad and pathetic and sick and alone. You're so fucking alone. Like, it was just, it was a weird way to, like, support your friend, I thought. But I I do know that she is speaking from a place that, like, yeah, I get it. Like, I know you feel lonely. Like, I know how it feels. Like, but she's got the boys. Like, it's a little different. Like, Sutton's legit, like, by herself. And I thought that to keep highlighting... She has shared custody. It's just, her kids don't come on the show. No, I know, but like in that moment, oh, in like that she moment, was yeah, fully alone. I yeah. just I felt bad that she kept saying that you're alone. Like, yeah, we get it. She's yeah, saying it. We get it. Yeah, but, but um, when they get to the dinner, I thought the producers or the editors, I mean, did her so dirty. I I thought so too. With the music, the music. Not only that, but there were a couple of cuts where you could see her like she was making gestures or like making eyes, and like when she was like scratching her leg, I was like, that's kind of funny. Because um, she has she neuropathy was, and she has an itch and it's really bugging her. I think that like she she was just nervous at a date, which is fine. It was cute. and was oversharing, and he didn't seem to mind. He seems like a really nice guy, and that's where the editors kind of fucked her because I don't think that he was having a bad time. No, but it made it look like it was the most awkward date. And ever. they had like the awkward like dun, 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 music. They're talking in the background. about music and they're talking about this and that and whatever. Dude, she is a fucking onion. She's got layers. She starts dropping like what about the Shrek first reference? date. Well, that was a Shrek reference. Am I dating myself? <laughs> yeah. But 
they start talking about like the first date and she references like we're both into like movies and books and we're both college football people college football like, baby oh fuck yeah and then fast forward she's talking about music and she's like you know i missed that music of like the 80s and the 90s like, i grew up in the 80s like and he's like yeah like the clash and like the go-go's are playing live or whatever and she's like yeah like that was music i was like you're a fucking punk rock fan yeah what college football college and football punk and punk rock like sutton either decided she was going to win everybody back this season or this is really who she is and like i am so stunned that i'm gonna say like i have enjoyed sutton thoroughly i think she's the most misunderstood one on the show i can't believe i'm saying this and i'm gonna get a million comments like oh bandwagon sutton but yeah i'm on the fucking bandwagon i might be in the front seat right now yeah i mean i'm driving the bus but yeah, for I've forever and always yeah. i'll be the first one to hop off this bus but for the time being I thought that the the date was really cute. Like, I love that she's like talking about how it's difficult to date when you're 50, and she's never really dated before. But like, she's out there, she's trying it, she's doing it. Yeah, it was it was incredibly like relatable to a lot of people, and it is nice to see that. And it's funny now because when we started this podcast, like episode one, episode two, we started talking to Zach about it. And Zach asked us the question. He said, who's your favorite housewife? And I said Sutton. And he was like, fucking Sutton? Really? And I said the same thing. And, and I said my favorite was Kyle. This show would be, this season would be absolutely nothing Disastrous. Yep, it would. Sutton it would. and Garcelle. I mean, Garcelle, I think she would be fine even without Sutton. But the two of them together are driving this show. And it's so good. The two of so them together good. are electric, dude. I love watching when they're on the screen together. Like, it is good yeah, because Quality they know. TV. I think it's mostly because Garcelle knows how to talk to Sutton. Yeah. Like I watched the the mid season trailer, and obviously we have the the girls trip, which apparently Kathy just is fucking reckless, which is going to be so exciting. But in that trailer, you see Erica actually coming to Sutton's defense later. So I don't know how that's going to play out. Hopefully, it plays out how we think it. I need we, to pay attention in the end scenes more. No, this isn't even the end scenes. This was just Bravo released. The oh no, for, I did see that. Yeah, 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 for the next half mid season trailer or whatever. Yeah, which I thought um, we were close to the end. Nope, nope. We got Buckle more, baby, up, baby. But yeah, I mean, you kind of see that, and like we've been talking about it. Like I said it four or five weeks ago. Wouldn't it be nice if by the end of the season you actually see Erica stand up to Diana in Sutton's defense? Now I don't know if it's going to be against Diana. It seems like it's going to be Rinna. Yeah, Rinna was losing her mind in that one clip. So that's, and that's next week. So we're going to have to see how that goes with Rinna we, just blowing we, the top off of Sutton for some reason. We made a claim. You made a, a very bold claim. You had the theory that you think that if this season ends with Erica coming to Sutton's defense against Diana, it would be like one of the best seasons ever. I remember this happening. Mm -hmm. And what if that comes to fruition? The only better thing that could happen is if my theory about Ion giving everybody the goat stew ingredients comes true. Yeah, who the hell knows what's going to happen with that. We got some questions tonight. Um, so let's get into it. Question time, baby. This is my favorite part of the show. This is my favorite part, too. From El Bialas 10. Fave house husband of any franchise. Ooh. Have we done this? I don't think we've done not favorite. of any. We've done the uh, Boink Mary Kill. We've done Boink Mary Kill and we've done oh. Favorite of Jersey, I think. Okay. Go for it. Um, this is tough because my allegiances have changed 
dramatically over the last if we're just doing housewife shows i'll go with pk probably really yeah interesting pk's i mean like it the obvious answer is probably Mauricio. It was Mauricio up until like recently. For yeah, me. but I mean, he's still great. And like, I really don't fault him for any of Kyle's things, but I don't know what's going to happen with him moving forward. And I do find pretty much every scene this season. Anyway, that PK is involved in is kind of funny. I agree. He's, he's funny. He's funny on he's the screen. A jolly dude. Talking about his diet Coke intake. I think my favorite house husband would have to be Frank. I know it's like a boring answer, but he's just, he's great. I love Frank. Yeah, I mean, that's a safe answer, too. Yeah, it's, it's a not, safe answer, but I, Nobody can argue against no, that. No, he's great. Oh, we got a boink, Mary kill. From Captain Kirk underscore Lynn. Uh, boink, Mary kill, Kyle Dorit Crystal. Oh. That's a good one. Hmm. I think that if I was married to Dorit while... I think she looks the best. Like she's probably the most attractive of them. I couldn't, ha- I don't think I'd be able to handle the rest of my life with that fucking baby talk. Oh yeah. That's tough. That would be, that would drive me up a wall. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, I'd probably, no, I'd keep it. Boink, Dorit, marry Kyle, kill Crystal. But begrudgingly. I'm not really like confident with that answer. This one's tough for me. Yeah. This one's really tough for me. But in light of recent events, I'm going to boink Crystal, marry Dorit, and I'm going to kill Kyle because she broke my fucking heart. That's fair. Okay. I'm just going to keep that short, short and simple. Yeah. Ooh, we got another one. Popping in. Boink, marry, kill. Magnolia Gatlin. Boink, marry, kill. <laughs> Wait, are we going to boink, marry, and kill no, Magnolia no, no, no. Gatlin? No, no, no. No, Magnolia Gatlin asked the question. Boink, marry, kill. Sandoval, Schwartz, Jax. Oh. Oh, yeah. Boink, Sandoval, marry, Schwartz, kill Jax. I think that like two weeks ago, my answer would have been different. But after hearing Sandoval sing, I'm going to boink Sandoval. I'm going to marry Schwartz because he's just a sweet guy. I'm going to kill Jax because he's a fucking asshole. Yeah, nobody likes Jax. Yeah, nobody likes Jax. That's an easy kill there. The boink, marry. You could bounce back and could forth. Back, but that's two. the beauty of Tom Tom. Yeah. You know what? You might be able to have a thruple. Or as Shooter calls him, a thruple. Yeah. Thruple. <laughs> it's a thruple. But... I'm going to actually amend my answer. I'm going to boink and marry Sandoval and Schwartz. You going to Utah for that kind of action? Probably. Yeah. I'll call up the Salt Lake City wives and they can arrange this whole thing. Yeah, you get some extra money too, some telemarketing. Oh, yep. See, so now I'm rich and I've got Schwartz and Sandy and we're having a grand old time. And you're in prison. <laughs> and I'm in jail. From B Tev, what's your favorite Bravo star business? That's a tough one. That's hard. I, well, there's two. I ha- the problem is, I, I mean, I love beer. I've never had Austin's. I guess I'll, you know what I'll do? I'll go with Kyle's Loverboy because. You drink it? I drink it while it's not my favorite to drink. I do like their merch too. Their they merch do is a really solid cool. Merch. 
So I'm going to go with, with Loverboy. Fair enough. I'm going with Craig. Pillows. Sewing down south. You know, and not because of the pillows, but I can't get it out of my head since I saw that flashback of Naomi like making fun of him while he's sewing. Like, oh, you, like I can't take you seriously when you're sewing. That was so emasculating and like just such a mean moment. Like this man enjoys doing this, has since turned it into an extremely lucrative business. So like that comeuppance right there for her to see him be like ultra successful with it while she was getting fucked over by Matul. Like it's such a like told you so moment and like good for fucking Craig there because yeah, he sews and he's a fucking man. And that's, that is the code of the Brav bros. Good for Craig. That's all the questions we got. Um, so that'll, that'll wrap us up for the evening. Um, make sure that you follow us on Instagram at Brav underscore bros. Follow us on Twitter at Brav underscore bros. And follow us on TikTok at Brav bros. No underscore there, just at Brav bros. Um, as usual, thank you all for listening. Our numbers continue to grow. There's a lot of Brav bros in this world, and we're so stoked that you guys are coming out to join us. This is fucking so much fun. We look forward to it literally every week. So um, you guys keep listening. We'll keep doing it. Yeah, and we'll have a hell of a show for you next week. Looks like everything's going to Everything's coming to up. a head, yeah. We're finally getting to that like midpoint of the season when shit starts to explode. So Yeah, so we're pumped. Yeah. Buckle up and stay tuned, baby. Strap in, boys. And girls and whomever else I get. Fuck. <laughs> but that does it for us. That's the Brav Bros. We are out of here. See you next week. Bye.